uh, of Iganga Assembly. He gave us a lesson about the will of God. It was brief, but very good. And he started here in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. I really want to, before I enter so much in this message, I want to appreciate Brother Raymond without forgetting. I want to appreciate Brother Raymond and everyone of you that were here, uh, Brother Gabriel, Brother Michael, uh, for your stand. You built the New Testament church service. And Brother Raymond delivered a very profound message according to how I, I heard just a, a, a bit of it. I just wished I was there. Brother Raymond, I'm told, he delivered a message about the signs of apostasy. <clears throat> and he, he talked about quite many of those signs. He said one of the signs is not paying tithes. When you don't pay tithes, you are, you are actually apostatizing. You are leaving the truth. You are leaving the order. Then the other one is uh, when you don't come for a service, you are absolutely apostatizing. That's the sign of apostasy. Quite many other signs that he, uh, he gave and, of course, corresponding scriptures that he delivered. The scripture says... Uh, uh, we are meant to uh, every we are meant to congregate every one of us we are meant to come for a second not the assembling of ourselves together <clears throat> as the man of Sam is and so when he, every time you miss a service that is a sign that you are leaving the truth that you are leaving the order that you are leaving the faith and it is as true as that and so here to turn to, <clears throat> I'm sure I will, ha I will hear more testimonies uh, uh, from children of God because I really I was blessed by the message he gave. Just hearing a, the hint of it was a blessing to me. And then after that, he, malaria attacked him. He has been on treatment. Maybe he has now finished. But uh, it's good to see Brother Raymond in the church. Amen. That's how to work with your pastor. That's one way you can stand in with your pastor. That's one way you can uphold the hands of that man that God called. It's also uh, a, a, a sign of maturity that Neoda can keep the church and feed them, uh, feed the flock without leaving them to go back hungry. But yeah, that was very good. Absolutely, that was very good. And so, may the Lord continue touching your mind. Brother Raymond, may God continue blessing you so that uh, you become more and more profitable to uh, the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here in the Colossians, uh, now we go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Uh, for this cause, we also, since the day... Uh, we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. Uh, this 
uh, man of God was praying that the children of God be filled with the knowledge of Christ's will. Brother uh, uh, Makeri was asking us that are uh, you aware that God wants us to have a lot of knowledge about his, uh, his will? Uh, it is it's very important that uh, we come to know the will of God. Our Lord Jesus Christ had a lot of knowledge about the will of the Father. And that's why he spent the whole of his life doing uh, the will of God. And so here in the book of John, chapter 4, verse 34. Uh, John chapter 4, verse uh, 34. Uh, the scripture, Jesus Christ said like it is. Uh, but I, I received not a, a testimony. Uh, he says, my meat is to do the will of the Father. Am I in chapter 4? I'm in, a chapter, in another chapter. Chapter 4 says, Jesus says unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. That, those were the words of Jesus Christ, to do the will of the Father and he finished the will, the, the part that he sent him to do. <clears throat> Throughout his entire life, Jesus was doing the will of God. His meat, the word meat also means the food in the Bible. His food was to do the will of God and to finish it. Uh, the word meat means the food. Many times when we find that word in the Bible, it means the food. Many times we can perceive that we have a duty to do God's will, but we don't finish it. Sometimes you may understand that you have a duty to do the will of God, but you might not even finish it. But Jesus Christ finished that which God called him to do. Uh, he finished that which God called him to do. And uh, Christ, just like Brother uh, Makeri gave us an uh, illustration, like everyone of us has his favorite menu or his favorite food that you can eat and enjoy so much. He said, <clears throat> Jesus Christ is the food that we found pleasure in was to do the will of the Father. And uh, as a church, may God help us to continue doing the will of God until we finish that which he has given us. Every one of us, God has apportioned for us something to do as far as the will of God is concerned in our lives until we, are, we end our lives on this earth. That's why some people rightly say, he has finished his work, but he, he has finished his work. Has he finished the will of God? That was a portion to him. Has he finished the will of God? Hmm? When a child of God discovers that this is God's will and he does it, there is a certain peace that he gets. 
there is a certain peace that you get when you discover that this is the will of God and you do it. There is a certain peace and contentment that you get in your life. You feel satisfied. You feel peaceful. In another scripture, Jesus Christ said, For this cause was I born. Somebody could give me that scripture. Let me write it down. For this cause was I born, and to this end came I into this world. <clears throat> Where is that scripture? Uh, Brother Patrick, if you can uh, get it uh, for me. He says, For this cause came I into this world, and to this end was I born. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ knew exactly the will of God for his life. And uh, he knew why he was on this earth. He really knew why he was on this earth. He never wasted time, not even a single day. Mm -hmm. He didn't even waste one single minute. He was doing the will of the Father on a daily basis. He was doing the will of the Father. That's uh, what Jesus Christ was busy doing while he was on this earth. Uh, <clears throat> as somebody has seen that scripture, hmm. he says here in the, in the in the same book, in the same book, John, John chapter six, uh, verse eight. For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of Him that sent me. Mm -hmm. I came down not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. You and me, if we can ask ourselves that question, am I doing the will of the one that has called me? And this is the Father's will, verse 39, which he has sent me, that all of which he has given me I should lose nothing, but I should raise it up again at the last day. Mm -hmm. That is it. Many scriptures, Jesus Christ testified that he never came to do his own will, but the will of him that called him. Mm -hmm. And that's very crucial for every one of us. Mm -hmm. Has someone seen that other scripture? For someone to understand that this is why I was born, and this is why I was created, and this is why I'm in this world. Oh my. I can't, I, I, I can't see small letters in my concordance here. Otherwise, I would get it. <coughs> so, the question still remains, have I found out the will of God for my life? 
And my pastor added, he said, when you are growing up, when you see a young man, younger girl, you just don't know how, where you will be when you are grown up, where you will work from, you don't know. Sometimes you don't know which schools you are going to study. But he said, if you have gone through school and you are finished, now you have got a job, you are working. Hmm? Have you, he says, if you come to a place and you understand that this is what God wants me to do, don't waste time. He says if you are in the ministry as a pastor and you don't know whether God called you in the ministry or not, you'll, never, you'll do nothing for, for the work of God. But if you come to understand that for me, God called me, whether you are a pastor or a pastor's wife or a precious child of God, an usher an usherette, when you learn that God has called you to stand with the work of God in this land, do it. If it is clear that God has called you in the ministry, do the very best with what God has given you. If it is clear, whether it is a, it's a prosy, whether it is it's a Bena, whether it is it's a Jajo, whether it is Brother Patrick, or Brother Raymond, or Brother Jajo, if you find that, if it becomes clear to you that this is what God has called me to do, do your very best. Philippians chapter 4 verse 9. The book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 9. When you find out the will of God for your life, you know when you are still young, you, you have a lot of dreams, you have a lot of aspirations, you have a lot of uh, plans, a lot of goals, it is it's natural to have those plans. But as a child of God, stop to find out. Stop to pray. Find a time and pray. What is the will of God for my life? At one time, Brother Glenn Goodwin thought that for him, the will of God for his life was to stand with his pastor as far as finances were concerned. And he could plow in a lot of his money that he was earning as, as, a, as a practicing lawyer. He would plow in the church. He would plow all that. And on top of that, every time when he was in the service, when Brother Lloyd Lugudin wanted the scripture, he was always among the first people to give that scripture. So he was comforted. He thought that was the will of God uh, for his life. As, pa as far as that time was concerned, yes, 
that was what it was revealed to him. But later on, it dawned on him that God was preparing him for the ministry. And so, here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 9, uh, those things which you have heard and perceived and those things which you have heard and seen in me. He says, uh, oh, I highlighted my, my scriptures here and it's dark. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. If a child of God learns to make a man of God to be his example, by patterning after that man of God, he will be doing the will of God. If a child of God learns to make a man of God to be his example, by patterning after that man of God, he will be doing the will of God. That also is supported by a scripture in John chapter, uh, when the disciples asked Jesus Christ, what must we do that we may work, do the work of the law of God? Here in John chapter, uh, chapter six and verse, uh, 28. Then he said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work at the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. And that was the will of God for them. It was easier for Timothy to do the will of God than for Paul. It was easier for Titus to do God's will than for Apostle Paul, because Paul had to have time, take it, took time in prayer, finding out the will of God, finding out the will of God for each and every child of God, finding out the will of God for his own life and finding out the will of God for the church. Whereas all that Paul, Timothy needed to do was to listen to Paul. You do this. That is it. That was the will of God for Timothy. Now do this. That is it. Do this. It was easier for Timothy, it was easier for Titus to do the will of God because they had a man that was seeking after God's will, a man that was serving God. And that man, when he would tell them, that was sufficient for them. They were contented, they were peaceful, they would do it without questions, they would do it without grumbling, they would do it, they would follow the instructions given to them 
by the man of God because they know this is what God wants me to do. And so, if I can allow my pastor to be my example, that will give me safety. And Apostle Paul mentioned this in many scriptures. He stressed this line of thought. When you come to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, we begin here. Look at these scriptures. This is children of God don't want to follow a man of God. They don't, want to, they don't want to take him for an example. We always know we are wise. We always know we, we are all wise. I'm sharp. If I can run my own family, if I can get him, I can do it, I can study and get him a, myself a job. If I can now, you know, earn myself a living, I have a family, I am running a family. Can't I run my own affairs? And because of that knowledge that a child of God has, the devil may deceive you to think that now you can do without your pastor. And that's a very big mistake that we do. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Let's read verse 16. One, two, three, we go. Wherefore, I beseech be followers of me. That is it. Paul told the saints in the Corinth to follow him. Also, in the first Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, we go to 11, verse 1. What did he say? What did he say? Let's read again. One, two, three, we go. Be followers of me, even as I also I am of Christ. That is the order, which is divine. By God's own making, it's a divine order that God left here on earth. I follow my pastor, and he follows Christ. That is the order. Failure to follow my own pastor, I have missed. There's already a gap. I am offside. I am following my own inclination. And because I'm following my own inclination, I will not achieve the target or that which my pastor is going to achieve. Many times we don't make men of God to be our examples. We feel we are sometimes we are even better than this man of God. I feel I'm even better qualified. I've seen more books. I've studied more. I have done quite a lot. I've done a lot of research. What does the word of God tell us? Philippians chapter 3, 
verse 17. Yet another example. This is another, another uh, book that was authored by Apostle Paul. Hmm? In the Philippians chapter uh, 3, verse 17. Let's again read this uh, scripture aloud. Just open our head. Hmm? Let's read it. One, two, three, we go. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. That is it. Paul goes ahead and adds, says, mark them which walk like we do. And then mark those which walk disorderly. Don't those ones who are disorderly, don't leave them. Who are those who are disorderly? Those who have moved away from the you know a, 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 a trailer or a train has coaches. When one coach goes off the line, that coach absolutely brings a lot of problems. Paul stressed the fact of following the servant of God for an example. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6. Let's go open ahead again. Chapter 1 of 1 Thessalonians, verse 6. Mm-hmm. Let's read it together. One, two, three, we go. And you became followers of us and of I received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Ghost. Now, what happened? When you follow a man of God, you also become an example to other people who come later. This is what Apostle Paul now says in verse 7. What happened when these brethren were, were strictly following Apostle Paul? They also became examples to others. That is how we absolutely build the work. Hmm? so that you were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and in where? Achaia. Then he says, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith, your, your faith uh, to Godward is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. He says everything is just clear. 
You people, what you are doing is apparent. By you being a followers of us, you also became examples to others. In other words, a new person that comes in looks at me, who is looking at my pastor. And this new person, if it is God that has added them to the church, they will also want to pattern after the same that the pattern that they have found in the church with the rest of the brothers and sisters. And with that, the church will be so bonded together that there will be no room for someone to rise up and say, ah, but what is the pastor doing? Oh, pastor, is, oh, pastor is wrong here now. Pastor is wrong. No. For you to follow the man of God it's because God has touched you to believe that this is a man of God. And by revelation, I know he is doing the right thing. And because he is there for my example, why is he there for my example? How? He's following Christ. And because he's following Christ, I am safe when I follow this man of God. Praise our God. Amen. This man is teaching the word of the Lord. He's proclaiming the truth as it is. And he's striving to live by that word. And that's enough for me to know that this man is following Christ. So, when I follow this man, I am myself. That's why Parker here in Philippians chapter 4, Apostle Paul says, verse 9, uh, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. That's one thing to have peace of mind, is when you do the things you have learned from your pastor. When you do the things you have seen in your pastor, when you do the things, when we give such, when such a message comes in, it looks like we are, we are lifting the man of God above Christ. No. Oh, follow me as I follow Christ. It's as clear as that. Even in, there is another scripture that Apostle Paul really see the divine order that is here in the earth. Where is that scripture? He says, I would have you know that the head of every, of every man is Christ. And he, he tells us the head of Christ is God. It's only God who has no head. The head of a woman is a man. Where is that scripture again? Let's see, quote it properly. He says, First uh, Corinthians chapter, 11. Verse 3, thank you. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man. The head of Christ is God. The head of Christ is God. This is the divine order. 
There's no man of God, there's no true man of God that will allow to be worshipped other than Christ. No. Or be worshipped instead of Christ. No. Absolutely not so. So, many times we don't want to make a man of God to be our example. And this is a, not a proper for us. We will not grow. Whether it is a, during a, a worshipful service, eh? if your pastor is still worship, continuing in prayer, if my pastor is still worshiping or continuing in prayer and I stop, then I'm leading myself. Father Makeri gave us that illustration. I'll be leading myself. My pastor has stopped praying, and for me, I'm still going on. He says, then I'll be leading myself. Hmm? These are people who pastor themselves and feel comfortable in what they are doing, despite the fact that they have a pastor. It's very bad to feel comfortable doing your own will or doing your own thing, where and yet you say you have a pastor. First of all, says, what you have seen in me, do. What you have learned from me, do it. And the God of peace, that's the one sure way of having peace is when you do what you have received. When you do what you have learned from your pastor. If your pastor uh, is doing something that you also concerns you, it's important for you to do as a child of God. If a child of God refuses or resists what the pastor is doing, then the devil feeds on that and the devil becomes strong in your life. When you refuse to do what your pastor does, when you refuse to follow your pastor for an example, then what you are doing, you are strengthening the, the, the power of the devil in your life. But if a child of God submits, uh, submits to the authority, uh, makes the man of God his mentor, the devil is weakened in his life. That's very true. Every time I submit to delegated authority, I weaken the work of the devil in my life. And the opposite is also true. Every time I disobey the instructions given to me by my pastor or by my leader, then I strengthen the work of the devil in my life. The devil begins using me more and more. Submission to God's authority weakens the devil. But if you want to make the devil fail, never be a tool of the devil. If you pattern after your pastor, it becomes very hard for the devil to use you as, a, as his tool. It becomes very hard. It may be hard to do God's will or to partner after your pastor, but if you do yourself a good service when you strive to do it. You do yourself 
the guru service when you do that John chapter 8 verse 29 are these examples of the instructions given to us by the pastor? Don't miss a church service. Those are simple, look to be instructions. They look to be simple instructions. But that's God's word. Pay your pledges that you make. Those are instructions that seem to be coming directly from your pastor. But they are God, that's God's word. He's helping you to support the work of God. And in turn, you are going to be blessed if you obey that. Pay your tithe. Those are instructions given to us by our pastor. If you don't, you are going to miss the blessing that comes by someone who pays tithe. And instead, you will get a curse from God. Those are some of the instructions. Go out and reach out to people. Call, bring people in the church. Those may look to be instructions of the pastor, but it is the word of God. He's helping you to fulfill the great commission. So, John 8, verse 29. The that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. I do always, Jesus Christ said, I do always those things that please him, that please the one that sent me. When we do what pleases God, it attracts God's presence. Praise our God. Every time you do what pleases God, it attracts God's presence. When you submit to authority, you don't resist the authority, you are, you are attracting the presence of God around you. When you submit to Authority does not only weaken the devil, but also attracts God's favor upon your life. The reason God the Father did not leave Jesus Christ alone is because he was very careful in doing God's will. Very careful doing the will of the Lord. He said even in a home, in your marriage, you may be having issues. What do you do? Pattern after your pastor. He said that is it, pattern after your pastor. Where issues become hard for you, 
Go to them. That's the work of the man of God who prays for everyone of us, agonizing in the prayer, talking on God on our behalf, even when we do not know. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He read this in the Living Bible. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And now, brothers, as I close this letter, let me say this one more thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and good and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and dwell on the fine, good things. In others, think about all you can praise God for and be glad about. Keep putting into practice all you have learned from me and seen me doing and the God of peace will be with you. That's the living Bible. So, may the Lord help us. If we find out the will of God for our lives, if we really know the Lord added you to this church and you know this is your church. You know it's the will of God for you to support his work in this church. Don't waste time. Trials will come. Trials will come. 
Afflictions will come. Temptations will come. Storms of life will come. Sometimes you go up to the mountains. Sometimes down the valleys. But if it is clear in your mind that the Lord wants you to support his work in this assembly, all other things will not be a priority. You look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Knowing that, even as he promised that he will be with you, even in those troubles, he will stand with you. If you want to run because of afflictions, then I, I doubt whether you have found out the will of God for your life, whether it is to support this work in this land. Because if you run away, will you continue supporting it? Absolutely no. This work does not only need money from being sent from outside or from somewhere, but it needs our physical presence for us to push it forward, for us to labor together with our pastor. And so, when the Lord has privileged you and, found, and you have found out that God has called me to stand with my pastor, do your very best. And you will have peace. Even when you are in the midst of trials, you there will still be a peace deep down in your heart because you know you are doing the will of God. Praise our God. Praise his wonderful, precious name. May the Lord help us.